0: Oh, welcome to Bomb Squad movie
1: night! He landed
0: it!
1: Oh. That's gonna leave a mark. He suffers for his art.
0: I think that fixed something! <laughs> Hi! If you couldn't tell by my flying kick, we're discussing the debut film by Nina Manzor. Hit film out of Sundance. Polite Society! I am your host and master of ceremony, Tanner Richard Craft, and with me, I have.
2: Hi, I'm Austin Zweibeleman.
0: I'm Tim Mansell. And we have a very special guest returning from the Bullet Train podcast.
3: Cody. Cody.
0: Cody. Before we get into this, anything you want to plug?
3: I actually started like a K-pop reaction channel on YouTube. If you have any interest in K-pop at all, um, I do reactions. My username is Cody Honey, H-U-N-N-I-E. I'm also on Twitter at that same handle. I'm also on TikTok.
0: Cool. There all we right. go. Uh, K pop reactor react to this. BTS sucks. No, I'm kidding. Oh!
3: Alright, but before we Hey, hey, I am not a BTS girl. okay? <laughs> I don't associate with them.
0: <laughs> Gangnam Style, Austin, Austin, Austin. We're going to get into our warm-up question, and I'm directing <coughs> it directly at you. What is your favorite directorial debut?
2: I'm so happy I'm going first. This is my moment. How can I say anything other than Citizen Kane, baby?
0: Oh, woo. No other debut
2: film in history is this hyped up. It's the greatest film of all time. That's why the negative was destroyed in a silver reclamation plant because it was too fucking powerful for this earth. But um, for my money, it's Rebels of the Neon God. Back to you, Tanner.
0: I haven't heard of that second one. I'm sure it's great. I'm curious to see what movie I've never heard of you're gonna bring up.
1: Now, it's a movie you've heard of. Uh, It's a little film called Hereditary. It's Ari Aster's debut film from 2018. It's a tremendous horror film. Brilliant marketing made you go in thinking you knew what it was going to be about, and then it hits you like a pole on the side of the road. We're going to be talking a bit more about Aster's works in a couple weeks, but just as a precursor, Hereditary's good. Go watch it. Back to you, Taylor.
0: Thank you very much. Hereditary is still my favorite Ari Aster movie. As far as my thoughts on his next movie It's in the title Mid Cody Let's move on to you How about your favorite directorial debut? Uh,
3: this one was kind of hard I was torn between like Bound by the Wachowski sisters But the answer I'm going to go with is Don Blues,
0: The Secret of Nymph Good pick I like that one. I saw it when I was seven. Yeah,
3: I didn't watch it until I was an adult, but, like, every other movie he's done, I, I watched as a child. So, like, he basically just made my entire childhood, so.
0: All right, my time to shout Hello. hello. Uh, this was a very difficult question, made more difficult by the fact that I picked it, and then minutes before the recording started, I asked everyone else here, what did I make the warm-up question again? And then Googled the warm-up question and try and figure out an answer. So my answer is very well-researched, of course. I'm going to go with Lin-Manuel Miranda and Tick-Tick Boom, which is maybe my favorite movie musical of all time from a couple years ago. You can watch our podcast episode on that one. It was one of the first times I cried multiple times during an ep. It's just a wonderful adaptation of something that started out as a one-man show, turned into a three-man play, and then added all this depth and texture upon feature film form. So it's really cool. Now, let's talk about the directorial debut we're all here to talk about. The Society. What are our overall thoughts on it? Tim, we'll start with you.
1: The Light Society is a movie that had a lot of advertisements for it. Like, I kept seeing the trailer before basically everything. And then it was in theaters for like three days. Uh, what the fuck was that? My bad. But we did find time to go see it in the movie theaters, and we had a great time when we first saw it.
2: Phase one. Diplomacy. So, like, chatting? Strongly worded verbiage.
1: rewatched it the other day and still a good time. Yeah, there's a lot to like about it. I think all of the characters are very fun and endearing. I don't necessarily have the same life experiences because I'm not a woman. I don't have a Muslim background, but I do think that something we can, all of us can relate to is the idea of somebody trying to become an artist and having their ideas rejected. Like we we all have history with filmmaking. We're all trying to do stuff with films and videos, but there's always that pushback of that's not a real career path. Uh, you need to find something that's real. And that kind of makes us doubt ourselves. And that's something that's like on full display here with Rhea and Lena, which I think was really nice the dynamic with like Rhea's doing her stunt stuff and, uh, Lena's doing her, like, painting, but they're both art, so they have that camaraderie going for them.
2: Well, he's got an enormous wedding boner. Oi! Oh.
0: Cool, I'll take the piss out of him No, it. no, no, you cannot. I-, I forbid you. Fine. Shag him, then cut him loose. Clean and simple. What is wrong with you? Ow.
1: And I think that they have a really fun dynamic. So That's my uh, two cents on the movie as a whole. It's good. Back to you, Tame.
0: All right, excellent. And staying in the same box, we're actually going to go to the guest. Cody, what are your overall thoughts? Uh,
3: one reason I was excited to go see this is because it reminded me of one of my favorite, favorite movies, Bend It Like Beckham. In comparison to this movie, there are a lot of things it has in common, but like it is still uniquely its own thing. It like takes like what Bend It Like Beckham did and then just like cranks it up to 11. Like I am a sucker for any kind of action comedy, and I'm not familiar with this other director's Body of work because like she's mostly done television for like we are lady parts which I want to see I just haven't gotten around to it yet but like the whole time I was just sitting there in the theater with just like the biggest fucking smile on my face because like it was just everything I've ever wanted in a movie. One two
1: three pick. Virgins. So that's a
3: slag it. Like, you have the family tension, and you have the feeling of like wanting to commit to your art, but like being really discouraged by it. You have your best friends. You have fucking slow-mo action sequences. You have a heist within a movie. Like, adding a heist to your movie makes the movie 20% better. Doesn't matter what the genre of the movie is. You just have to add a heist. <laughs> so, to, to quote him, movie good.
1: <laughs>
3: love movie good.
0: Austin, we can actually ring the bell. Oh, we've actually had a bell here for emergencies. A bend it like Beckham reference, ring the bell. Finally, we got one. Now, Austin, while this was briefly my favorite movie of the year for a moment, I actually put this in the schedule more for your sake, because I thought this movie would appeal more specifically to your sensibilities. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about polite society.
2: Well, a lot of what I have to say is based on your initial pitch of what the movie is like. But to sort of get into my thoughts, you know, sometimes a director that you really loved as a teenager, gets old and starts making different kinds of movies. In particular, Edgar Wright and Paul Thomas Anderson come to my mind, and it makes sense. Life is short and you don't just want to do the same thing over and over, so directors shake up their style and they reinvent themselves. But sometimes, I just want another Boogie Nights, you know? I just want another Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I miss that particular vintage that specific style so thank god polite society got made (laughs) because this is the best edgar wright movie that wasn't made by edgar wright but there isn't a chance in france me or lena are gonna be caught dead at some hoity-toity pretentious Eid swamp Tanner told me this was like an Edgar Wright movie, and holy shit, I went in, let's say, really skeptical because emulating Edgar Wright is an absurdly tall order, especially from a first-time feature filmmaker. But you know what won me over? Even before the first fight, it was the screenplay and the delivery of the dialogue. Classic Edgar Wright, Nita Monzor is deeply aware of how goofy British people sound, and the actors are playing it up like these lovable cartoon characters.
0: Show us a stunt
2: then. Piss off, Kovac. I've had enough of your shite for one morning. Minus 10 house points. And uh, while Priya Kansara, the protagonist, in her feature film debut, by the way, is the absolute champion of emoting for comedic value. Fucking Ella Bruccio Leary, the wide-eyed white girl in the posse, has such a distinct face. She had my ass dying from laughter. Just a weird, funny lady. At the center of the movie, there's these two sisters from a Pakistani family. They don't conform to society's expectations, they're tough as shit, and they love each other. But then, the older one falls in love with this rich guy, who plans to whisk her away to Singapore, threatening the sister's glorious bond. Now, a lesser movie could squeeze all sorts of drama out of this scenario just on its face. I am sure there are like a hundred slow indie dramas I've never seen about growing up and dealing with change but polite society is too fun for that bullshit there's actually a nefarious conspiracy afoot and the solution is kung fu violence just stop! Best of all, it tells a story in this heightened Scott Pilgrim world where people are sort of made of rubber, they can do Mortal Kombat flying kicks, and lame ass consequences like the cops showing up and arresting people are basically non-existent. It fucking rules. I hope Universal actually lets me put clips in this episode because it would be really easy to spread the word and get people hooked on this film if we could just show a little bit of it to them, you know? If you're a fan of early Edgar Wright movies like Hot Fuzz and Scott Pilgrim and want to see another story in that sort of stylistic universe, please consider checking this one out. If you're worried the movie's not for you because it's about a young Pakistani woman, let me tell you, ass kicking is a universal language and this movie <laughs> kicks a whole lot of ass.
0: That's you, Tanner! Woo! Yeah, baby! Hey. I'm really glad you dug it. I, I figured you would dig it as a big Edgar Wright fan. I love this movie. All right, <laughs> let's do this again one more time. All right, my thoughts on this movie were when I first saw the trailer, was actually not the first time I had heard of this movie. I follow a lot of film Twitter people, and um, a lot of them went to Sundance this year. And I heard about this movie, Polite Society, mostly because a lot of people kept comparing it to another hit indie movie that came out of the early festival scene from last year, I don't entirely get the comparison outside of main characters are Asian family members and also action, but beyond that, I just kept hearing it get compared to everything everywhere all at once. I think it's a bit of a loose fit, but I get it.
1: It's like a family drama in
0: there.
2: If Lindsay Ellis can get axed for comparing Raya the Last Dragon to Avatar the Last Airbender, (laughs) whoever compared these two movies should be investigated.
0: A bunch of people yes. compared these two movies, and I get the comparison. It, it makes sense on its surface, but like this one is much more about a sister-sister relationship than a mother-daughter relationship. Yada yada yada. But to me, the big thing about this movie is that while well, the themes of everything, everywhere, all at once are more about family and accepting people for who they are, learning to break generational trauma, learning to be comfortable in your own, skin, that kind of stuff. Well, some of that stuff is present. For me, the big theme here, and it mostly comes up with the actual conspiratory nonsense that all alluded to earlier when it's revealed that this entire thing, the guy just wants the sister's womb so she can basically clone his mom by the way, if you think you got mommy issues, you ain't seen shit but for me, what really appealed to me here is about how, uh, a very specific feminist streak here, and it is my duty of course as a man to explain the feminist streak here, but essentially how there are some women who once they are in these positions of power on some level, will still use the mechanisms of society Patriarchy in order to benefit themselves at the detriment of women as a whole, instead of wanting to create a better future for women and people everywhere. Sort of used the patriarchy just to sort of uphold herself.
3: She's very literally just repeating the same trauma that happened to her and using the patriarchy to justify that trauma. Instead of moving on from it and trying to heal, she's just lashing out. So, no, 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 you said that. That makes sense.
0: I'm Glad to know that. I'm not just talking crazy here. Beyond that, of course, what everyone else is saying here, the comedy is off the charts great. This is one of the funniest movies of the year by far. Our introduction to the older sister character is her trying to hide in a little corner while eating a whole-ass rotisserie chicken, and I don't think I've related To a character more this year. That's when I knew I loved her. The line the older sister had where she's like, Well, what do I do? I'm a disappointment to my parents. Let me tell you, hit pretty hard. The villain actress, whose name escapes me right now, I first saw her last year when she played the villain in a TV show about a Pakistani family, Miss Marvel. Yeah. Very funny how that's happened twice now.
2: I think it's Neembra Bucha, might be how you say her name if you're from Missouri. <laughs> the Miss Marvel parallels were strong with this one because Neembra Bucha also in Miss Marvel has a weird relationship with her son. But in this movie, her relationship with Celine is a whole other flavor of
0: weird. I'm going to be straight up. I thought they were going to start kissing at some point. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of surprised they did. I was expecting, and I wonder if there's a version of this script that does have full-on incest, but maybe some of the investors in this was like, I'll invest if you get rid
1: of the incest.
0: There we go. Uh, Which, to be fair, when I went to Harvard Law, that was
1: a business thing. May have also been like an MPAA thing. Like, you can have the PG-13 if you get out the kissing.
0: (laughs) Maybe. In uh, conclusion, uh, you'll laugh your ass off, you'll get wildly entertained by the choreography and stunts. The stunts and choreography in this movie are really good for a movie punching at this budget level. And I'll have a bunch more to say about this after a brief commercial break. See you in a bit.
2: Listen, I'm not some kind of big villain, okay? I let like her go to art school, didn't I? That's more than any
0: of the other mothers.
2: Do you know how much shit I go for that?
0: I like R.E.M. Hi! Welcome back to Bomb Squad Movie Night, and we hope you enjoyed that ad break for another ad. Have you seen the 1999 movie starring Jim Carrey, Man on the Moon? Good, because if you had, if you go to moviepalette.com, I am sure you'll be able to find a movie palette of colors of the Jim Carrey movie, Man on the Moon. Add it to your cart, Uh, but before you hit checkout, go to your promo code section and enter the code SQUAD15 to get 15% off your order. And now, back to the show. Let's uh, get into some general discussion. Is there anything anyone wants to bring up?
1: So, one thing that even watching the first time I thought was very funny is how Rhea is constantly going through all of this training for her stunt career, and then basically every time she gets in a fight, she just gets fucking bodied. It's very funny to
2: that's based off the director. Apparently this director used to like get into scraps when she was younger and she got fucking destroyed every time. And she says in interviews, so that's why she's making a movie about it, uh, because she was so bad at fighting.
1: Badass. <laughs> she's
2: exploring it vicariously
1: now. Like just running up on a wall, doing a kick, throwing <laughs> glass. I do like how the bully becomes a friend at the end. Yeah, yeah, we we love when enemies to friends pipeline. Yeah, Kovacs came through. It's such a good screenwriting convention. I mean, I'm sorry. My
0: favorite running gag is in the entire movie is her dad. My dad's yeah. gonna kill me. I love it when she says that because I'm thinking. I thought her dad was in prison. Another running dad. Yeah. Another running gag. Another about running dads. father. Happy Father's <laughs> Day. We're recording this on Father's Day. Dad's rock, <laughs> baby. Father's Day edition.
2: Uh, Another running gag about dads is whenever the posse gets insulted at school, they're just locked and loaded with the your dad's a slag or your mom's a slag or whatever the (laughs) fuck it is they say. They are just (laughs) amped to say that shit.
0: British people have the dumbest fucking words. What the fuck is a slag? fuck is beans on toast? British people make me angry. I'm glad we kicked their asses.
2: Tanner, beans on toast is a slur over there. What are you doing?
0: Good. You're all beans on toast if you say governor. Beans on toast. Weird. Tanner,
2: I don't know if there will be a trivia corner for this episode because- Probably not. The IMDb (laughs) trivia page has no trivia at this point in time. But so um, I, I did my best to try to find things that are like trivia from interviews. So apparently this script is 10 years in the making and it kind of helped Monzora flesh out both sisters because she started writing it when she was closer to Rhea's age and it got greenlit when she was around Lena's age. Also, Nita Monzor has actual siblings that inspired the screenplay, but I thought that the, the bit about the prolonged development was neat. But, get this, uh, she had this trick where she put important dialogue in the fight scenes so that executives couldn't cut them. Take that.
0: That is smart, because you know, executives (laughs) love cutting action scenes.
2: Apparently it made the sound mix a nightmare, because you have all these these punching sounds, you want to be loud as fuck, but then people are talking over there, so they had to get really creative in the sound mix because there's so much dialogue in the fight scenes.
0: You know, this movie does have a good sound mix. You know, one bit I want to bring up, I love the bit at the end with the gun and how she just keeps firing the gun into the air to, like,
1: make people shut up.
0: I love how everyone starts laughing at her, like, forgetting she has a
1: gun. That was, like, one of those scenes where I unconsciously do the thing where I'm counting the gunshots, where I'm like, there's going to be a click at the end, and then there wasn't. I
2: I actually really liked Saleem. I thought Saleem was a hilarious womanizer. Did anybody else enjoy mm. that part of the movie? That fucking guy. I, yeah. I did.
0: I also, uh, for some reason, found the reveal that that camera was scanning their wombs. I know it's supposed to be horrifying, and it is, but for some reason, it made me laugh my ass off at how absurd it
1: was. It's (laughs) definitely like taking it comically over the top, which I think I appreciate more on second viewing. (laughs) I'm sure it's based in something that I don't know about.
0: Just for some reason, it was Deeply funny to me.
1: I did think that it was like very funny how like throughout the whole movie he seems like such a suave dude and then once we get to the wedding and we know everything, he's just like, Mom, oh, I don't wanna talk to them so annoying Just like a little fucking mama's boy. He's a
2: totally different person around his mom, that scene of them snuggling yeah. on the couch. He turns into a little baby. So um Alum and Johannes did an article in Entertainment Weekly exploring the subject of which films inspired Manzor while making Polite Society and uh, I think we could throw some of those into the ring, some guesses of what we think inspired this. But among the titles confirmed was one of her favorite Bollywood movies, the 2002 Bollywood film Devdis. Uh, Devdis is a dope film and you know this From the crazy wide angle oneer that it has in the opening But best of all, it stars our boy Pathan! That's right Shah Rukh Khan, motherfucker Also, fun fact, that was the most expensive Indian film ever made at the time Costing a whopping 10.29 million US dollars
0: I put that away in a week
2: But yeah, uh, any ideas on what films you guys think might have influenced this?
0: It's so much like an Edgar Wright movie. There has to be at least one Edgar Wright movie in there, right? I'm not insane.
2: They bring up that this film couldn't have been made in a pre-Scott Pilgrim world, or it would have been harder because the sort of genre blending is harder. It was harder to pitch to executives. You know, like, is this an action? Is this a drama? What's going on? And Scott Pilgrim made that all
0: easier. Yeah, the Mm. the pitch just becomes, it's a Scott Pilgrim. And they're like, oh, we're going to lose money, yeah. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I, I also read a couple of interviews with the director to, like, prep for this. I specifically wanted to see if Benedict Like Beckham had been an influence on this movie. And so far, I have not found anything that points to that having any type of influence on this movie. But she did mention Edgar Wright several times in interviews. And she did bring up another director, um, Park Chan-wook, as an influence. I didn't know if you were going to bring that up. I kind of figured you kind of already knew. So I, I, d-
2: I did not see the Park Chan-wook influence in this movie that went over my head
0: actually same I'm sure it's there but that totally went over my head probably because the Edgar Wright one is much more obvious and surface level than I might have missed anything else there's
2: another surface level one that's kind of like doy but uh Kill Bill gets brought up a bunch oh, as well, an influence for this movie
0: I feel like any action movie that stars a woman since Kill Bill <laughs> came out is probably on some level influenced at least a little bit by Kill yeah. Bill <laughs>
3: yeah. she also brought up uh, like the Rush Hour movies yeah yeah, Jackie well.
2: Chan. He ain't gonna be in Rush Hour 3. It was like Rush Hour and Police Story and Drunken Master. Apparently, Mansoor mm. grew up on Jackie Chan movies, which rocks. Were any of you shocked when you found out Eunice is a real stunt woman in real life? I,
1: th- I thought yes. that was a made-up character. I, I figured it was a real person. Circling back
0: to the Jackie Chan thing real quick, really cool that it's so obvious this person won't have Jackie Chan stuff in there, because if you want to talk about, you know, famous stunt people, it's hard to get more famous in terms of doing insane, dangerous stunts than Jackie Chan, and I know the obvious yeah. counter to that is Tom Cruise, and while, yes, Tom Cruise does crazy, death-defying things, Tom Cruise has a $200 million budget that allows him to have the best safety equipment possible. Jackie Chan mm. had $5, a ham sandwich, and a dream. Yeah. All right. have, I, I don't know what movie it is he's in with Michelle Yeoh, where Michelle Yeoh legitimately almost actually died doing a stunt.
2: Probably Police Story 3 Super Cop. I think they were in that one together. Maybe. Yeah,
0: because like there's a whole thing where like there's a stunt involving Michelle Yeoh jumping out of a car or something, and she accidentally lets go of the car, and she doesn't actually have a harness on or anything, so she almost gets run over, because by the way they didn't close the highway to shoot this oh my god
3: i genuinely thought that like your opening question was going to be something like who's your favorite like stunt actor or or stunt person so i like had that ready to go
0: (laughs) that's a fair uh i briefly thought that the only problem with that is is that everyone's answer would have probably been either jackie chan or tom cruise maybe keanu (laughs)
2: not my answer cody who is your favorite stunt person It's not Jackie Chan. The award-winning new trivia challenge from Cinco Games. Speed round.
3: To be fair, I don't really know a lot of them, but the names I was going to bring up were Zoe Bell and Heidi Moneymaker.
0: I know Zoe Bell. So, to go completely off topic, I was watching this TV show, this new Pete Davidson TV show called Bupkiss, right? And on the latest episode, Pete Davidson replaces Sebastian Stan in this movie because Sebastian Stan got canceled in universe. I don't know what happened. They do this whole thing where Pete Davidson's gonna do a scene with Brad Pitt and then the guy shows up and it's Brad Pitt's stunt double.
2: Hell yeah, David Leach showed up.
3: The
0: director of Bullet Train just shows up. No, but the character was named very similar to David Leach. He's not
1: right. Devin Leach, <laughs> Brad's guy.
0: The only problem is, is that this guy had only done stunts for Brad Pitt on one project. Uh, Babylon?
2: Oh, <laughs> the only stunt is killing yourself. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> falling falling into the pool, of course. How could I forget? It's
3: a stunt you can do once.
0: <laughs> I tried to pull that stunt once and they made me wear grippy socks after.
2: I have one last trivia funny story. Go ahead. What does Nita Zor have in common with Optimus Prime?
0: They're both voiced by Peter Cullen.
2: She also had to risk her life fighting Omicron. Uh, One funny story from Seth that was shared on the Dolby Institute podcast was they were filming the library fight during the Omicron spike, and the girls who were being used as the background extras kept getting sick and dropping like flies as the week went on. So there's apparently just a lot of continuity problems if you really focus on any of the background actors. It got to the point where they were putting crew in the little red uniforms and like going to the VFX Like, how do we fix this?
0: This is proof that if you have a good movie, nobody actually cares about stupid technical shit like that. Because if the movie's good, they won't notice it. They only notice that when the movie's boring. Right! <laughs> or they're cinema sins and they suck. And there's absolutely nothing boring about this. Like, the movie doesn't have time to be boring. Choreography work is great. Um, and not just in the stunt work. That dance sequence was really cool. Oh, yeah. Better than Pathan's dance number. There, I said it.
3: Um, I did read that, like, her brother is actually involved in scoring of the movie. Well, so this was sort of like a family project. He also helped with the scoring for We Are Lady Parts. She talked about how, like, one of the things she wanted to do in this movie was one of the themes she wanted to talk about was like being disconnected, like, from one's own body, I guess, like, through puberty and like as you grow up. And she wanted to like view that through a lens of like an action movie, which I thought was really interesting because, like, normally I feel like you'd see that type of theme in in a horror movie, Uh which I feel like that's been done. I can't think of any examples off the top of my head that have done that in action. Maybe Ginger Snap. Snaps? That was the only thing I could think of, was like ginger snaps.
1: I can't have a hairy chest beat be, that's fucked.
2: It is cool to see it explored in the action genre, a genre that has been so dominated by men.
0: Let's go women. All right, well, I think that's all we got to say about this one, so let's move on to our final thoughts. We'll start with
1: Tim. <laughs> As the title suggests, it is uh, much more polite than the 1989 film by Brian Yuzna, <laughs> but it is a very good time, and seeing that we just got done doing a Marvel, I'm glad we got to talk about this one. Back <laughs> to you, Tanner.
0: Your m- mom's a Marvel. Austin, go.
1: As of the
2: Tuesday before this episode drops on YouTube, Polite Society is officially available on Blu-ray. probably has cool special features we didn't have access to, like director commentary and shit but if you're not about buying discs it's free to stream on peacock take a break from watching the office and try watching these desi women fuck shit up instead you won't regret it
0: this is on peacock i didn't know this one was on the cock that's great all right cody final thoughts This is one of my new
3: favorite movies, genuinely, and I wish I could experience it again for the first time, but, like, each time I watch it, I'm still experiencing something amazing and still finding something new about the movie to love. So, like, run, don't walk, go watch it immediately. Please, I beg of you.
0: Run, don't walk, I agree. Uh, This is a great movie. It's full of great action. It's full of great humor. It's full of a lot of heart. I really enjoyed it. Polite Society, go check it out. But... On the subject of society, what do you get (laughs) when you cross a mentally ill (laughs) loner with a society that abandons him and treats him like trash? Who? You get you the person watching/slash listening to this episode of Bomb Squad Movie Night. If you are listening to this episode on any audio platforms or go ahead and leave us a review. It boosts us in the algorithm with something. I don't fucking know. I'm not a scientist. I just work here, it's just my job five days a week. And if you're watching this on Spotify video, thank you oh so very much for watching. We hope you appreciate this uh, largely uncensored version of Bomb Squad Movie Night. And if you are watching on Spotify video, how about you mosey on down over to our Patreon, where we will hopefully actually be launching some proper rewards here soon. But if you just want to give us money for the fuck of it, we'd appreciate it. And if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you oh so very much for watching us, uh, this episode of Bomb Squad Movie Night. Go down in the comment section below and let me know, what's your favorite directorial debut? What did you think of Polite Society? Are you looking forward to more by this director? Are you looking forward to more by this cast? And, uh, finally, what is your favorite stunt that almost killed a person? Almost killed a person. I don't want anyone fucking down there talking about Brandon Lee or whatever. And while you're down there, please Hit the like button so we know how much you like us. Hit the subscribe button so we know how much you love us. And hit the bell icon so you know exactly when we upload new videos. Tune in next week when we talk about...
2: Next week we're talking about the 1968 East South Takahata film, The Great Adventures of Horus, Prince of the Sun. We have a really cool guest.
0: Tune in for that one. It's another Ethan-hosted episode, so it should be a lot of fun. Thank you again, of course, also very much for watching. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Farewell.
2: The gods say you will not withstand the fury. Tanner looks back and says, "I am the oh, fury."
0: <laughs> Ria, sorry for my late response. I've been busy on a marvel.